Hello, you're Tini around the world, and welcome to the UberCast. This podcast is brought to you by Juventus Club Sydney. We will be discussing Juve Leon and Juve Milan, and today I have diehard Juventino with me, Robbie. Robbie, how are you, champion? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, considering it's a Monday. How about yourself? <laughs> Monday's hard. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, good, man. Can't complain. Um, looking forward to chatting some Juve with you. Yeah, much needed after a um, after a bad weekend, if you will, but... Um, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot to get off our chests. Yeah, there certainly is. It's been a, a little bit of a journey, so um, fair bit to talk about, Robbie. Uh, last time we spoke was actually before the Empoli Juve game. Um, it's going back uh, quite a few weeks now, so you know it was a comfortable three nil victory, and uh, we probably don't need to uh, discuss that. It's we probably we probably can't remember too much about that match. Um, but what I really wanted to ask you about uh, is Juve Udinese, uh, Leon Juve, and Milan Juve, Robbie. So just starting with uh, the Juve Udinese game, um, you know, showing a lot of character, I guess, if you will, to come back uh, to win the game two one. Yeah, well, um, Udinese is always a uh, it's it's always a good match against them. You know, they always tend to to put in a great performance, and um, I think their coach. Gigi Delneri wanted to to sort of make a make a statement as well, mm-hmm. um, coaching against against you know an old club of his. So it was just good to good to get a win um, after going one goal down. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good response. You know, copying copying a goal after about half an hour, and then uh, Dybala getting getting a, a sensational sensational goal with that free kick just just before half time. So. Um, yeah, not not too bad a performance. Um, Robbie, what I really wanted to uh, to spend the podcast on, if you don't mind, is the Champions League match versus Lyon, and, and obviously our our Serie A match versus Milan. So let's uh, focus on the Lyon match firstly. Obviously, and I've said this before, um, it would be a very different podcast. But um, if we can try and keep uh, try and keep the Juve Lyon game separate, just just for now. Um, yeah. Where do we start? I mean, one thing we have to talk about is Super Gigi. Oh, mate, you you very well know that I'm probably his, the president of the fan club for Gigi Buffon. <laughs> um, I, yeah, listen, to be honest, you need you need players like you know you know all these all these other clubs have world clubs world class players that that win games by themselves, and for so many years you have had. Buffon between the sticks and okay, people might look at one game and, and you know one save as, as a defining moment, but him him alone can easily win you titles. Uh, he's easily and Moji said this back when he signed him uh, back after the first couple of seasons. He's guaranteed at least an eighteen to twenty one points throughout the season, mm. um, and that's just in Serie A. So if if for example we ended up losing this game. And you know the li- our lives are made much more tougher yeah. with, with the remaining fixtures in the Champions League, but the performance that he put in that game, um, definitely man of the match, no shadow of a doubt. He's the reason why we won, um, stepping up when he needed to, and he's done it so many times over the years, saving crucial penalties at crucial times, um, crucial saves, not just pens, just like you know coming up with massive stops. Just to either keep the t- keep the boys in the in the game or or hold on to a lead, and that game alone just showed showed so much character, and that was 
off the back of that penalty save. Um, there, there aren't enough words to explain what he means to, to the team at the moment, to the club and to the fans because um, it, it's indescribable. The guy is an absolute legend and without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest goalkeeper of all time. Robbie, how long do you see uh, do, you, do you see us having you know Buffon in the Aventus squad? How long do you see? Is it, is it two years for you? I'm, I'm hearing a lot of talk now about maybe two years left. Uh, how do you see this panning out? Oh, to be honest, like he's he's get he's getting better with age. Um, I think as it gets closer, uh, the World Cup uh, the World Cup will probably be his his final outing, but. Mm. Um, I just, I just hope after, you know, after he retires, it's going to be a very sad day. There's no, there's no doubt that I'm going to cry like a little girl when he does announce <laughs> his retirement and has that final appearance and um, and says goodbye to the UV fans. I just hope that we can, we can keep doing it with trophies. I hope that he gets everything he deserves with the Champions League trophy as well. Um, even though he says he won't trade anything he's won, but you know, a player like him, he deserves it. Um, I, I don't know how long he's got left. Uh, I think that entirely is up to him because mm. at his age now, he's still pulling off those stops. He's still better than, for me, he's still better than all the youngsters now. Um, you know, if you look at David De, uh, David De Gea, mm. um, a blunder this morning, um, not his first of the season. He'll, you know, a little inconsistent, you know, and, and all the other up-and-coming goalkeepers as well. He's still better than all of them. So I think the only person... And the only thing that can announce whether or not he's, he he hangs up the boots or, or the gloves or not is going to be him. He's going to be the one that makes the decision, not his performances, because they're just going to keep getting better. His positioning is out of this world. He, you know, okay, he might not be the fastest with reflexes and all that. He might not be the most agile like the other goalkeepers, but his positioning alone is why he's so great. Um, so I'm just going to enjoy watching him play week in, week out, pull off these magnificent saves keep us in games, win us games, win us trophies. Um, but for me, I think the World Cup is going to be his one song. Robbie, for me, I guess there's always that, that small concern in the back of my mind that um, I feel like a guy like, for example, Casillas kind of had an anticlimax retirement where he had those um, you know poor last two seasons and I feel like it just kind of left that sour taste um, for his retirement. For me, the only little concern I would have, and obviously I'm, I'm also going to be very, very upset when he does uh, hang up the boots, but I just, uh, I just still hope when, when he does go out that there isn't that sourness that we see. You know, we also, I, I feel like we saw it with a guy like Maldini in uh, AC Milan when he went out. He, he had, you know, his, his last couple of seasons weren't as good and he was getting, you know, the jeers from even some of the fans. I just, I just hope Buffon goes out on top. That, that's the only concern I have. I just think he really deserves that. Yeah, look, looking at those players you mentioned, they were very volatile environments. Um, Real Madrid's never, you know, there's, it's, there's never been stability there. After Del Bosque left, there was never that stability with a manager and, and cohesion within the club. There's always, there's always the issue with, you know, the presidency and, and, and voting and all that sort of stuff. So they want to keep the fans happy. Now, one or two mistakes from a goalkeeper... Um, and there's a lot of pressure on the managers and stuff like that. I, I just think the environment that Buffon is in is very different to what Maldini went through, very different to what Casillas went through as well. 
Um, I, I don't see that being an issue. Um, and while he's performing this well, you know, there were instances where Maldini had a clash with the ultras there we, we, at, at Milan. Um, Casillas' performance started wavering and, you know, forced the, the manager at the time, Mourinho, to make a, pr- a pretty big call. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a whole ego thing with, with the Mourinho-Casillas thing, but, um, you know, there were those volatile environments, those not-so-stable environments, whereas if you, if you look at the flip side, at Juve, since Agnelli's been there, it's been very stable. You don't hear anything going on behind the scenes. Everything's kept in-house if there are problems. Um and it's not broadcast to the public. So I don't think it's going to end in that way. Um, I think it's going to be done tastefully. If, um, you know, when, when he announces his retirement, I, I just think it, it's going to be the best outcome. And that's, and that's been the way with many of the, many of the past legends. Mm. Despite everyone knowing the disagreement between Del Piero and the club, it was still done very, very well. Um, it wasn't... He still know, went out on top, ed- Exactly. Still went out on top. Still had the captain's armband, and there wasn't a massive fallout between Conte and him. No, um, despite rumors, not publicly. Yeah, nothing, not publicly. Not, yeah. not, not public. Mm. Um, whereas everyone else, you know, the the Maldini, you know, the ultras thing was public. The Casillas Mourinho thing was public. So it's a very different environment. I wouldn't compare it. Um, and I think Gigi, being the person he is, very humble, very professional. Not that Maldini wasn't because he is. Not that Casillas wasn't because he is as well. But I, I, purely looking at the environment, I think that um, I don't think that's going to be the way it goes. Um, and Buffon has just been announced as one of the nominees for the Ballon d'Or for 2017 as well. It's it's a, a massive recognition as well for him yet again. Yeah. Um, oh, he's just like like I said, he's just getting better with age. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. No, that's a really good point, uh, Robbie. And, you know, the next thing I wanted to ask you in regards to that game was, you know, well, not ask you, but just discuss with you was Quadrado coming off the bench, um, you know, for that winner. We have spoken about Quadrado bringing that X factor, and that's exactly what we are talking about, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you need a player like that to come on and change a game. Um, you know, a player like that can you can rely on to, to come on and, and do something different. Uh, Leon, to be honest, Leon had set up very well. They, you know, they had a game plan, um, and that one change alone sort of put them on the back foot. Uh, Quadrado come on, and he, like we keep saying, he changes games. He's that X factor type of player, um, and scored that. That set. Oh, it was just a, an amazing goal. Uh, I, was, I was watching it at a friend's place, and you know, screamed the house down. I think it's the loudest we'd. We'd screamed and ran around for in, in a in a long time, just purely because of the emotion in the lead up to it with the red card, the Buffon save. Um, yeah, it was it, it was just coming. And I think five minutes before five minutes before that, after the penalty save, I just tapped the mate on the shoulder and I said, "We're going to nab one here. We'll mm. win this one nil." Mm. And Quadrado, you know, turned the turned the defender inside out and, and bang near post. <laughs> just an amazing goal. So. Um, he did well. He did very well that game, coming on and sort of changing the dynamic of the game and sort of um, winning it for us with that with that screamer. But um, yeah, it was it was a it was a great result, very good result away from home. Yeah, definitely. And you know, topping the group, you know, Robbie, how important is it for you to top the group? I know some people um, some people say that you know we need to verse the best eventually, so let's do it now. I, I 
I really think it's important to top the group. I think that, um, especially in, in recent past, Juve have gotten better and better during the season and, and really have peaked towards the end of the season. So for me, topping the group um, and avoiding some of those big boys, we know who they are, is crucial. What about yourself? How do you see it? Do you do you see it as it doesn't really matter because we've got to verse them anyway, or do you also consider topping the group a priority? It's a bit of both. Listen, at the end, like you, you do have to verse, you, you you have to play the big boys eventually. Um, but to have that, to have an, if you call it, an easier second round fixture. Um, would allow the team a bit more time to play themselves into form. Um, in saying that, last season, we were one clearance away from knocking Bayern Munich out, and I can safely guarantee you, not safely, but I was pretty confident if we had knocked them out, we would have gone on to, to have a really good crack and, and get very far into that competition and maybe even win it. Mm. Um at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you play. At that point of the season, you want the team to be, you want the team to be performing. Um, it's always easier to get a bit of luck and, and sort of try and go that that stage further because once you get to the quarters, once you get to the semis, it's all about luck. Um, you know those are really great teams in those in those fixtures, and it doesn't matter um, who you're playing. You're going to have to knock off the best to, to be you know to, to be winners. Um, so yeah, listen. I, I think it's very important to finish first. It makes things a lot easier, um, you know, with preparation and things like that. And but who's to say, you know, a team like, for example, Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or someone else won't finish second in their group, and you know, you, you draw them anyway. So yes, finishing top is one thing, but you do need a little luck when um, when the draw comes around. Fair call. Um... Robbie, moving on to the Milan match, obviously a disappointing result, a disappointing performance. Um, I want to ask you first. Now, I did actually uh, post out that we were going to podcast, and I did ask, you know, for Juventini to to let us know what's really on their minds that that they want us to discuss. And and a big a big you know thing, a consistent comment I got was the formation. A lot of people seem to be very frustrated with the choice of formation considering especially that um, you know, one of our best midfielders, if you like, Marquisio, is still uh, not 100%. Um, so I wanted to, to bring that up. I said I wouldn't. I wanted to bring that up and get your opinion. Is it the formation that's a big problem for you? We have spoken about this uh, previously. We, we, we both kind of said that it wasn't so much the formation. Um, for me, I said that it was more the team chemistry. I feel like the rotation sometimes is a, is a little heavy. Um, even though sometimes uh, it's called for and, and, and it's and it's forced, but I feel like the chemistry has been at times the main factor. Um, some of the listeners, however, are really um, frustrated with the uh, persistence of the three-five-two. So I just wanted to bring that up and just get your thoughts, Robbie, on that. I, I really, I really don't understand it, Phil. I we have the same discussion at the start of every season. It's the formation. Why is it three five two? And then come the end of the season, oh three five two is our best formation. We need to play it. Mm. Um, the three five two has been consistent for us over the last five to six seasons. Our sixth season now, and we have won with it. Mm. Every player knows their role. There is a distinctive style, and it's effective. I don't understand 
why people are sort of saying, oh, we need to shift formation. We need to sh-. like uh, to be honest, I think Allegri and his coaching staff know best. So if they're if they're persisting with the three five two, then it's a three five two. If they turn around, if they, for example, if we had a four three three and we still lost one nil, or played had a four three three and we've still been playing poorly, why do you change formation? Why is he changing from the three five two? All the players know it so well. It's a three five two. It's it's a three five two that we should be playing. Mm. The four three three. There's, there's, there's no chemistry. That's it's it's always better in hindsight. It's always better in hindsight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's rubbish. I, I really do. Um, Marquisa for me is a is a massive loss. Massive loss. The, at the moment we're out of form. There's no denying that. Against Lyon wasn't the greatest performance. Against Milan, you know, we lost. It's not very often in the in the in the recent past. It's not very often we've gone to Milan two two times and not picked up points. I think we've been I think we've been blessed. We've been lucky. We've been very fortunate in the past seasons that we do go there and and, and we give it to Inter. We do give it to Milan. This Milan team is a good outfit. Montella has them playing very very well. This is the best Milan team. The best they've played in many years, and I, for one, am happy for it. I really hope that they can make a they can make this consistent finish in the top three, because like I keep saying to a lot of people, Italy needs AC Milan and Juve to be at the at the peak of peak of the peak of the domestic competition. Um, they set out a game plan. They played it very well. Um, Dybala going off injured didn't help. Marquisio not being there uh, didn't help either. So Kadira being out of form, Hernandez played poorly, has to be said. Um, Bonucci didn't have the greatest game. All these factors. And we are and away. And we are away to AC Milan. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be Mr. Yeah. Positive, but no. we are away it, at the Sun City, sold out. And as exactly. you said, Dybala goes out. Game plan uh, is forced to change. Um, as yep. you said, Marquisio. Not 100%, and, and I do want to ask you about that in a second because there are um, also a lot of Juventini disappointed that he uh, he hasn't been put in the squad. But for me, the, the, the last two games have just been too physical. But um, I'll get your opinion on that in a second, Robbie. And, uh, yeah. and, and exactly as you said, a couple of players aren't um, playing well. Kadira didn't have a good game. Uh, Bonucci didn't have a good game. I thought Bizarrely was outstanding. Um, I don't Again. Think, yeah, I don't think anyone <laughs> mentioned that. Of course, everyone was kind of depressed, which is fair enough, but far out. Like, the guy was outstanding. If you if you watch a highlight reel of, of him on that game, it's amazing. The amount of one-on-ones he cleared for us was incredible. But um, I have to agree. I, I kind of think that it's, uh, it's a little bit selfish of us in a way to expect to play well every game and, and win every game. We are away to AC Milan and, you know, they're not the same AC Milan from the 90s, but they're a decent team and they're still AC Milan. And uh, it was uh, it was a 1-0 loss. It wasn't a, a 5-0 loss. So I, I think people are being a, a little bit dramatic. But, you know, I understand the frustration as well. Yeah, listen, I understand the frustration as well. But if you, if you look at the bigger picture... Um, coming off an away trip in the Champions League where we did suffer after going down to 10 men. Um, the other, and it's not just the other, it's not just us that, that had a poor performance over the weekend as well. You had players like, uh, you had teams like um, 
Arsenal, Man City, Spurs, uh, Tottenham, um, Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, they they all dropped points over the weekend as well. Um, Barcelona needed a, tw- a 93rd minute penalty to to get their three points. Real Madrid had a late goal as well. Um, so there's no there's no doubting how much this this competition, the Champions League, takes out of the squad. Um, who knows that it might be? It might very well mean that the third, the third match in the group stage is very crucial to qualification, and, and you must pick up three points to to put yourself in good in good position to qualify. Um, you know, people travel all the time, and it's 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 a struggle to get to get back into a routine at work and, and all that sort of stuff without playing a game, without playing ninety minutes of, of, of football in a in a tense physical battle like we had against Lyon. So. Um, it is frustrating, but there are other factors at play. Um, it was a tough. It's a tough trip to go to Milan as well. Now that they're, they're not a pushover, they had never have been. And like I said earlier, Montella's got them playing very well. They are a, a good outfit. So um, yes, it's a loss, but it is a very long season. Um, very long season. So I, I'm not. I'm not too concerned uh, at all. Um, it's just unfortunate that we need to hear it from the Milan fans for a while. Robbie. Uh the other, the other um, topic uh, listeners wanted us to discuss was uh, the persistence, if you like, with with seeing Hernandez there in the middle of the field, um, rather than perhaps promoting um, some of the players from the Primavera squad into that position and giving them a go. So I just wanted to bring that up with you and just get your thoughts. Are, are you starting as well to get frustrated with seeing Hernandez there? Does does he lose that spot perhaps permanently or have uh, do you see Allegri's side of it with going with someone more experienced for such a big clash for example um, I think Allegri's always been a he's always been a more of a fan of the experience over youth um, with with that position as well it's very crucial um, Lamina copped a bit after one bad performance. He had, a, he had a good start to the season, had one bad performance, copped a bit. Hernandez had a string of two or three good games where he played. I'll put my hand up and say that. You know, mm. Watch the games again. He did play well. So that's why I think he persisted with him. Um, but he struggled um, against Udinese with the mistake where we went down. Um, then he didn't do the best against Milan either. Uh, I don't know... Of any player in the Primavera that's that sort of stood out to warrant a starting position in that in that specific register role. Mm. Um, so there's only a handful of players that can play it and can play it his way. Um, so yes, it's it's frustrating, but to be honest, that, that, that's what we got at the moment. You're not going to put Storado there. Pjanic was trialed there earlier this season. Everyone kicked up a stink. He didn't play well there, so he's not a register. Um, does he does he get another trial in that spot, Robbie, or is that that? Listen, don't I, sound... I would. Yeah, listen, I, I would, but he's more effective as a Metzala, and he's shown that uh, he needs to get on the ball. He needs to get higher up. So um, I, I think he's 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 probably Maybe the balance is a bit better with him as a Metzala. So, um, you know, it, it's all well and good that we're, we're having this having this discussion about a, a register, but still, like, it's 
it's a it's a position where we're struggling with depth. Um, so there's no doubt. My feeling is in January we're going to go out and get a player that's going to that's going to be a backup or even push for a starting spot in midfield in that in that role specifically. Robbie, uh, do you agree that those last two matches were too physical to give Marquisio a run? Even though we do seem desperate for a player like him to come to come into the squad. Yeah. Uh, Allegri came out and said it was against Udinese that I think he said he was prepared to bring him on if the game was in a tense affair. But two one, it's it's still pretty tense. It would, you know, make sure the points are safe. And I'm pretty sure the same thing would have happened at Leon as well. If he did travel with the team, I can't really recall. Um, so yeah, I, I feel the no no he stayed behind. Sorry, um, I feel that. But I think he was he there again versus Milan. Is that correct? He was, yeah. He was on the bench. He started warming up. Oh, I just, yeah, like, I think those games were too physical for, for him. And then these people were sort of screaming out for him. Mm. You know, I haven't I haven't had an ACL. I've never done my ACL. I've never had the surgery, but I know people that have. Uh, very easy to redo if you do come back too soon. Mm. Um, and you might, you might use the argument, well, if he's on the bench, he's fit enough. But you might be physically fit, but mentally are you there to, to stick your leg into a into a 50-50 challenge. Mm. So I think he needs a bit more time. He needs he needs a fixture where he can sort of ease himself into it. Um, I'm concerned about him coming back too soon because the last thing we need is for him to injure himself one or two games into his return and then you're out for a few more months. Like he's so crucial to this team. I would rather wrap him in cotton wool until January and not play him and guarantee 100% he can see out the rest of the season. I would not put him on there just for the sake of wanting to beat AC Milan at the, at the Sun City. I would rather him be on the podium at the end of the season holding up the Sudetto or giving the team a big push in the Champions League. That's that's the grand scheme of things. You do not win titles. You do not win titles on the 23rd of, of October. You don't win titles in October at all. Mm. Everything's won in in May. So, you know, come around then and and ask for, ask for everything then. But um, I just think it's... You know, if he's not starting, if he's not coming on, then it's too early for him. So um, I'll leave the medical staff. I'll leave. Um, I'll leave you to make those decisions. Yeah, like I know it's boring, but I have to agree with everything you've said, Robbie. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm, I'm the voice of reason, Phil. I'm always right. I, no, no, listen, yeah. I'm wrong. Every, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that, but that's that's my opinion. Yeah, um, no. and I have to agree with so, it. I feel the same. I mean, I I can't say I was. I'm obviously very upset. Um, I never like to lose against any of the Milan teams. I never like to lose in no. general, but I'm not upset in terms of I feel like we're in crisis. <laughs> if if any if anyone thinks if anyone thinks we're in crisis, like have have a look at the Champions League table. We're top. Have a look at the Serie A table. We're top, and it's and it's October. It is. We it's pretty nuts. Like I said, titles aren't won, but I don't I don't know what. I don't know what crisis there is. We were more in a crisis last season. Yeah, yeah, definitely at the beginning. And I, I think I, I understand where they're coming from and, and they've been explicit um, you know, on Twitter and in the conversations I'm having with people, which I really enjoy, uh, is that it's frustration not towards the, the table or the points, but more towards the performances. But I just feel like we have to remember things like Dybala went off, so the game plan changes. We have to remember that on paper, 
our best midfield is still not there. We we have to remember that as well. Um, we have to remember, as you said, we had the Champions League match. We just have to remember all these things, and it is frustrating. But that's that's football, and and it's part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And the other thing is, well, Allegri's teams always come home with a wet sail. Okay. Uh, back when his time at Milan as well, when he was coached there, they they all very well. Um, I think that the it'll be fixed in January. I've read a couple things and I had conversations with a couple people as well. Whether or not they were just using it to sort of bait me into an argument, I don't know. But to say Marotta's fault was not picking up someone in January uh, in um, in the summer window, well. My gosh, like it's October and you're saying it now. Whereas when the when the when the window ended, you're like, oh my god, it's been the best Mercato since Monty. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I, I do not understand it. I really don't. Okay, so you've just lost against AC Milan. That's it. Okay, if there's a problem, we'll fix it in January. Like, have faith. Have faith in the people that make the decisions. They've mm. they've they've done that. You know what, Phil? They've done pretty good to date since taking over. I don't know, but. Done Maybe very, they actually well. have a plan. <laughs> Maybe they actually have a plan that that works. Um, so just like let them do what they do, and yeah, until until they start making big, big, big errors, then um, then yeah, I'll I'll start criticizing. But for yeah. me, you know, it's still very early on in the season. We were in a much worse spot last season. Um, I don't think it's going to be a problem. No, I agree, and. I just want to mention as well that I thought Allegri's subs were positive. Maybe they didn't work out, but his first sub was forced from Dybala's injury and it was a swap for Corradrado, who's an attacking player. And yeah. uh, following that, we had uh, Vanatia come off uh, for Mandzukic, which was also very positive. So it's not like we didn't try to win the game. Like I remember games uh, you know, with... Conte, uh, for example, where I felt that we were going for that draw, where I didn't, I didn't feel that versus AC Milan. Even though we lost the game, I felt like Allegri uh, did try to change the team with the resources he had available, even though it didn't work out this time. Well, yeah, like, I think the the plan had to change after DiBala went off. Um, there's there's no there's no denying that. Um, it's a shame he's going to be out for, you know, about 20 days and he misses a couple of big games. So, mm. um, yeah, pos- positive changes. A lot of people might argue against the fact that Surato came on right at death and they probably would have opted for for an attacker. Well, to be honest, the only attacker was a player that's not made his Serie A debut and you're not really going to rely on him in an away game at the San Siro against AC Milan. Um, like you did come out and say this, we could have played for... We could have played for six days and still not qualify, uh, still not equalised. Um, so it's a tough decision. Like, I, yeah, may, maybe he should have thrown on an attacking player. Um, I'm sure if Piazza was fit and ready, he would have put him on, um, but he yeah. wasn't. So again, injuries have sort of limited his his changes. Um, but yeah, listen, positive positive subs just that just didn't work out it's just, it was just one of those performances where it doesn't matter what you do um, it didn't seem like we were going to get the result um, so yeah it's unfortunate but uh, we move on to the to the next match now midweek 
No, we definitely do. And, and it's it's kind of... I, I was thinking actually about Zaza during this match and, and how he probably would have been last season. He probably would have come on and, and, and equalized or even won the game for us. And, and unfortunately, we lost him, but we gained uh, Piazza. But unfortunately, he's out injured. So I do think... Uh, I do think it's bad timing with injuries, especially for a game like this. And uh, in saying that, elaborating on that, I think it's really unfortunate Piazza is out during this time that Dybala's injured because it really would have given him that, that two-week run, Robbie, of games where we really would have uh, seen him come into the fold. So I just think that that's a shame for him on a, on a personal level as well. Yeah, there's, there's never a good time for injuries. Um like you said, it's just poor timing. He definitely would have come on. I feel he he, he probably would have been the he probably would have been the sub that came on for Dybala instead of um, Quadrado, and then Quadrado would have come on in the second half. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just unfortunate of the timing of the injury, um, especially with the with a couple of the games coming up now, and Dybala's out. So who knows? Uh, this might this might force a shift in formation. He might start looking at a. At a four-three-three um, or, or something like that. Who knows? So it's just going to be interesting to see how how we how we shape up um, this week and uh, and what what happens from here. But um, just going to have to be upset with a loss against AC Milan and, and hear it from their fans. But it's been a while since since they've done it, so <laughs> um, it's not the worst thing in the world. Rob, it's always a pleasure having you on the podcast, buddy. Made always a pleasure being uh, on it. So hopefully, I get to chat to you soon after uh, after a more positive result. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Robbie. Juventini, that podcast was brought to you by Juventus Club Sydney, and uh, you can contact Juventus Club Sydney on Twitter or Facebook. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well at Juvecast. Please send through your questions or any topics you would like us to discuss next time. <laughs>